moms can come in every shape and form, and sometimes their children happen to have fur and wagging tails. This is a podcast for those who love the four-legged friends that they rescued because they got rescued right back. Each week, we bring on a dog mom or two to talk about their dogs and how they changed their lives. This is Rescue Dog Moms, a parenting podcast. I'm Yamini, and this is Boss. Hello, Rescue Dog Moms, and of course, Rescue Dog Dads. Welcome back to another episode of the Rescue Dog Moms podcast. As always, thank you for joining me, and um, thanks for your patience recently. I feel like I've been a bit spotty, and you know, I'm a bit of a perfectionist, so it's always a bit hard for me to be off schedule, but I'm slowly getting back into it. I'm arranging some amazing interviews, awesome guests, so I'm really excited for you guys to hear that, and I got an awesome guest for you today. Today, I will be interviewing Layla's mom. Layla is a beautiful, large pony brindle princess, and um, her mom, Emma, will be talking about her with me, as well as a really important topic that, honestly, I didn't know a lot about. The topic is BSL laws, breed-specific legislation, and in particular, in Ontario, that breed-specific legislation has to do with the pit bull breed. As some of you in Ontario and the rest of Canada may know, pit bulls are banned. However, there are plenty of mixes, and as Emma is going to educate us, plenty of misconceptions about the pit bull breed at large. Um, So I thought this was a really interesting conversation. I'd love to hear a lot of your thoughts. I definitely know a lot of you out there might have a pit bull or pit bull breed. Some of you may be in Ontario or not. So please, um, if you are interested in advocating against Ontario's BSL law, keep paying attention to this episode. There's lots of awesome resources and I will make sure all of them are in the show notes as well. Thanks so much for your time and your dedication and just being super cool pals that keep me going on this pandemic project that, you know, is just becoming a bigger and bigger project. So hope you enjoy a conversation between me and Emma. Emma, welcome to Rescue Dog Moms. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I've always wanted to be on a podcast. I got to be on my first podcast this year and it was so much fun and inspired. this one inspired me pretty much to do my own. So who knows? Maybe you have a future ahead of you. Maybe. I love that. I hope. <laughs> we know each other. I would say pretty. we're pretty recent friends, but we've been working together at a dog rescue and it's been really fun to get to know you. And I love stalking Layla. I have loved stalking Layla since before I knew you. Thank you. I feel the same way about Boss. I feel like I knew who Boss was before I knew you. I definitely remember you. So it's funny, like how people's paths like cross, especially in the dog world, because it's such a small community. But it's been so fun getting to know you. And it's like, it's I don't know, I just find it so crazy and so weird that like, we've become so close and we work together every day and we talk a million times a day, but we're like locked in our homes and can't interact. <laughs> I know. I've been telling people it's like the weirdest thing too. Like, I would consider myself extroverted, but I have my group of friends and I like stick by them. But this year I have made more friends during a freaking like pandemic quarantine than like ever in my life since I was like in university. Just meeting all these people through the community. I only started volunteering like, yeah, like right, basically right when the pandemic started. Like I started in February and then by March, like my whole, you know, everyone's world turned upside down. 
And I guess I just was like, well, I can't see my friends. So I guess I'll do this. Love it. Yeah, it's crazy that it's been like a whole year of this. The dog rescue community is very small, as you know, but it's like amazing for building all of these solid relationships. Like I've made so many amazing friends. It'll be lifelong friends that I have lots in common with because as you know, the only thing that you can be obsessed with when you become a dog mom is your dog. So oh, a hundred percent. And my friends who aren't dog people can only hear me talk about boss enough. Meanwhile, people like you have unlimited capacity for the silliest conversations about our dogs. Yeah, it's like all I live for. Let's just have a forum where we just talk about dogs. Amazing. I love it. Miss Dog Mom, let's get into it. Why don't you tell me about your baby child? Layla is the absolute love of my life. She's going to be two on Valentine's Day, but she's a Mastiff Bulldog mix. According to DNA My Dog, so who knows how accurate that is, but she's definitely a Mastiff. She's a cute little brindle princess. We adopted her in July 2019. So we got her when she was almost five months old. She was pretty young for a lot of dog rescues because most rescues, as you've learned, don't adopt out puppies very often just because they're a million and one different rules and regulations involving that but the rescue that we got Layla through all of their dogs had come from Texas but she was actually from Toronto we have a friend who lives in our neighborhood I'm going to call her Jess for um, confidentiality purposes and so she lives like right off the damn forth and we we're just a little bit north of her and she lives across from a wood green social service building and she would be walking down the damn forth every day and, I, and there was always this cute little brindle puppy outside terrorizing the woman that she was with. Jess would stop and chat and water and get to know the woman who had her. It was disclosed that this lady wanted to get rid of Layla. She wanted to sell her because she was looking for housing. So she was experiencing homelessness. She like was living with addiction. And one day while Jess was outside talking with the woman, the social worker came out and Jess pulled her aside and was like, if you can get this woman to surrender her dog to me, I will get her into rescue. We'll find her a home. This went on for like a couple more weeks. And then one night Jess got the call and they were like, She's ready to surrender. She's going into a shelter. You have to come get her right now. So off she went. She dashed across the street, scooped up Layla, and they fostered her for like four days. But they had three little chihuahuas. And as you know, and as I'm sure people who've creeped Layla on Instagram know, she is huge. So I'm like five one, and she like when she's standing on all fours, like normally her back legs come up to above my hip. Like she's a big dog and her rambunctious puppy energy was just way too much for their senior chihuahuas and she was also pretty bad <laughs> so they wanted her to go to a different foster home um, and we had just so I had been volunteering with rescue in a rescue for a little under a year at that point and I really wanted to foster but my partner is a party pooper and said that he didn't want a <laughs> dog yet I pushed and pushed and pushed. I was like, okay, let's just foster. Let's just foster. Like just for a little while. Like it'll just like, it'll get having a dog out of my system and then we don't have to worry about it. And like, you don't have to worry about the expenses. And I knew all along that all I had to do was get this dog into the house. And that would be that. And we would have a dog and he would ball. And yeah. Love it. So my plan was to get a younger dog because he said he wanted a puppy. He wanted a dog that wouldn't be more than 50 pounds. Um, like if we ever <laughs> did get a dog, I know. If we ever did get a dog, like the dog could never be more than 50 pounds. And this 
cute little brindle dog came up and needed a foster and they said that she was a boxer boston terrier mix which i still don't understand how those two things happen and she got dropped off at our house on the day of like a big intake and she just like pranced out of the car into my arms and that was that and i was like oh yeah you're staying you're definitely staying so we put in the adoption application 48 hours later sean acquiesced we didn't think that she was gonna get much bigger oh my um, god <laughs> I know, I know. I remember like when you're upstairs to my landlord being like, oh my God, like, isn't she so cute? My landlord is a dog person. And she was like, this is a great Dane puppy. And I was like, no, it can't be, it can't be. And she's like, a hundred percent, I'm telling you, this is a great Dane. So we think that she might have Dane in her, but her dog DNA didn't pick it up. So who knows? And it's funny because like she lived on the damn fourth for the first almost five months of her life. And when I was walking her and like when she first came home and was living with us, people recognized her all the time. They're like, oh my God, this is Lynn. Like, what happened to the other lady who had her? And I was like, I'm the only lady. There is no other lady. <laughs> She's mine. I'm the lady now. <laughs> I am the lady. And like, <laughs> apparently this woman had been all over the East End. Wow. Yeah. Like, she's very cute so she's memorable but it's just like funny that she's lived in this neighborhood her whole life so far and yeah it's been like a pretty crazy I guess almost two years of two years this summer but she's like grown into be such a sweet and lovable dog when she came home she was a literal terror the first week that we had her I was like I've made a grave mistake (laughs) Um, which I'm sure is probably common when people adopt a puppy but she was like a 50 pound alligator that had temper tantrums like a toddler and would bite me and just like generally terrorize me and others yeah it was like rough but we got a trainer right away and that made a huge difference and now she's perfect I just like I can't believe that someone would have ever given her up because she's just like such a sweet dog you know like you said everyone has different circumstances and uh, it would have been hard to take care of Layla under this woman's uh, situation I'm sure all worked out for the best for Layla and you yeah I imagine that she's probably still in the neighborhood I like I work in social services and so I know many shelters there are that can take animals and there is one with 12 beds I think that because of COVID they've created a second but like 12 beds that can take a dog or a cat like that's crazy for all of the people in the city who have pets for most people like their pet is their lifeline especially if you're living on the streets it's really sad that she had to be given up but I hope that her original mom is doing better and and in a better place yeah always like whenever we're out I always wonder if she'll recognize her who knows it might happen like you said Layla's been in the same area this whole time and you kept her name yeah we kept her name it's funny Sean his mom has a Charles Spaniel or something King Charles Spaniel yeah and he named her dog Layla when she got her puppy like they I don't know how they figured it out but like one kid got to pick the name and so he named her Layla. And so we didn't want to keep Layla's name Layla. I wanted to name her Lamb Chop. And Sean was like, no, absolutely not. Um, but she knew her name already. So we decided. Yeah, to that's fair. That was the same with Boss. His name was uh, Bosco with his previous family. And so we called him Boss for short. And we really wanted to change his name. I remember Dan was like, oh, my ex-wife's father's name is Roscoe. So I can't have this happen. But basically, eventually we're just like okay he responds to boss and I can't come up with like another name that sounds like boss but it's not boss and boss is such a cute name 
I feel like it suits them so well. Yeah, and I feel the same way about Layla. Like, you know, they're that's that's them now, right? So Oh yeah. She's like definitely a sassy little princess Layla. So Yeah, and boss is a boss or a boss wannabe. <laughs> so all of it worked out. How would you describe her personality? The foster notes that were sent to us when she came home described her as a love sponge. And I was like, what a weird thing to call an animal. And then she got here and I was like, oh yeah, I see it. Like she's just so sweet. Like she's, even when she was a puppy, like outside of her like bursts of like psycho chaotic energy, like she's always been like really chill, very snuggly. Like she has to be touching you at all times. She sleeps with me in bed and Sean, usually she kicks Sean out, but she sleeps with me and she's like the little spoon. Like every inch of her body has to be directly against me under the covers good with every single person she meets like everyone that she meets she loves she's really good with other dogs she's good with kids I mean like she gets a little excited and her size can sometimes be a she's like a torpedo coming at them but like you can tell that she knows like I'm big and I have to be careful that's um, awesome so she's like she's really sweet and we really lucked out like she has such a chill easygoing temperament I would obviously like never breed a dog but if there was a dog that you would should breed it's 100% Layla because she's just like <laughs> so I really want to try her to be a therapy dog not for me mm-hmm. but like to bring her into they like do therapy dogs for kids who are going to court yeah um, like court stuff so I just feel like she would be so good at it especially as she gets older and lazier like she just like loves to snuggle and is so comforting and she's super intuitive so yeah, yeah I've literally like she has no fears she has no behavioral issues she just loves everyone everything she's so easygoing we really lucked out with her that's awesome 100% it's funny like the little kids we have kids upstairs and like she lets them walk her and like she just like prances along beside them lets them play fetch with her lets them crawl all over her. oh wow um, yeah yeah and she's just like it's okay we're friends that's but- great Boss is not like that at all. He might become like that. You never know. He has a, a history where he was with a family with kids. He like He's the opposite of Layla in that he likes his space. He comes to cuddle occasionally. So that's why I've been enjoying having little Greggy here who's just like snuggling all the time, climbing to my lap. <laughs> I like couldn't imagine not having a dog, honestly. Because she's just like, she's at like, I've been in here and I had the door closed and she's figured out how to open doors because she's so tall she can do it so she just like trans in there and she's at my feet now she just like can't be away from me it might be separation anxiety like when I say it out loud but she doesn't cry or destroy stuff so I just no it's like a personality type like my last foster Luna she I mean I think she also had separation anxiety but I feel like if you worked through that she would still be the same way in that she was very attached to me and like just needed like literally when I would go to the bathroom she would lay her head on my lap and I was (laughs) like leave me alone I'm pooping like (laughs) (laughs) like like if I take a bubble bath she sleeps beside the tub or like we'll have her head on the side of the tub I'm like okay mommy needs mommy there's got to be somewhere else in the room for you to be so funny yeah no boss is definitely like needs his own space he loves being in bed with us like that's he loves being like squished up with us but the rest of the time he hangs out in his crate or in his bed and then sometimes he'll come up on the couch but it depends 
what a sweet little guy. <laughs> it's funny, like Layla loves all dogs, but I find like almost all of my friends' dogs are like boss where they're like very chill and independent and like need to do their own thing. And like anytime we dog sit, every time we get a foster, it's just like, why don't they like me? Why does nobody ever like me when they come here? And like she just spends the whole time pouting because no one will play with her. Monsters oh. only like meets her. Boss will play. He loves playing. That's perfect. When he gets warm, we can socialize in the backyard again. You'll have to bring him over. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that's the one thing. He loves dogs. It's more like people. And not that he does. He likes people. He's very friendly. But sometimes like his ears start going back and I can tell he's like regretting being as friendly as he is. He's like, <laughs> you guys are too much in my face. Like maybe I shouldn't have approached you. Oh my God, that's so funny. I mean, like I can relate. I don't like people nearly as much as I like dogs. So yeah, it's fair. I really can't blame him. Same thing with the kids thing. I'm like, you know, I don't like kids that much either. So we're cool. <laughs> Being a little dog is hard. We have a lot of kids in our neighborhood too. And they always want to come up to him because yeah, he's like little and cute. And literally my instructions are like, um, go pick up that stick and bring it over to him. He'll be excited. <laughs> and that's like all I can get them to do. It's so funny because Layla, like she sees a kid or she sees a stroller. Like she loves babies and she's like so excited. And everyone's like, oh my God, that's a pit bull. Or like pulling their kids away. I'm like, oh my god like she's just very excited that's like, so funny that she's gonna lick you in the eye we had um a sit but so before i did rescue i did a lot i was a rover sitter for a year it was honestly a super fun job we had one sit whose name was dexter he was a roddy husky mix so he was huge he was so cute but he like wore, he had to wear a halty and he was you know really big he hated dogs, but loved humans. Like, same thing. He would go up to kids and just be like, oh my God, I need you to pet me. And he would go up to people, but like nobody would ever want to meet him because he was so scary looking to them. And he would look so sad. Like, I remember we passed these kids selling... I don't know, like some candy on the street for a charity or something. They were trying to sell us and we bought some and they were like, do you want to pet our dog? He loves kids. And they were just like, no, thank you. <laughs> oh, poor guy. I was just like, which kid says no to petting a dog when offered? That's nuts. <laughs> a crazy one, honestly. I feel for Layla. I'm sure she gets enough love, but it must be tough. Yeah, she does. Honestly, like her favorite thing to do, which we're trying to curb, obviously, because of COVID. Um, but like if I'm not paying attention and someone is unloading their car in their driveway, she tries to get in their car because she just assumes like, oh, a car ride for going somewhere fun. And I'm like, you can't do that. You cannot just hop into the backseat of someone's car when they're unloading groceries because oh, you are huge God. and they think that you're trying to kill them. <laughs> she her dog walker had her out we were like sending her out with a dog walker for like the first little while of covid just so she could get used to like being away from us and her dog walker texted me and was like hey like just wanted to let you know like layla just dove through someone's car window <laughs> and i was like pardon and i guess the lady had like pulled up beside them and was like oh my god i love your dog she's so cute and layla was like me me <laughs> you love me and like tried to jump in her window and like had her half of her body in this woman's car <laughs> with like, the window like, down right window down she's okay. just like trying to crawl in and i was like yeah that sounds about right you can't talk to people in the cars because that's a thing she does insane like it's very cute but i can only imagine how someone in that car would feel with, like this huge dog barreling through the window at them <laughs> like 
looking like a police dog out to kill but he's that is so ridiculous kind of maybe touched on this a little bit but Layla's a big dog she, she is. is uh or she like appears to look like a bully mix yeah so, so she is technically a bully mix mastiff's like fall under the bully yes. spectrum but she's not a pit bull but people think that she's a pit bull which is funny because pit bulls do not get nearly that big. So I've always loved pit bulls. I would say that bull terriers and staffies are some of my favorite types of dogs. I've never met a mean one. I've only ever met sweet, lovely, like land seals that love to snuggle and are velvety soft and lazy and perfect. But for some reason, like everyone sees Layla and their first instinct is like, that dog is going to hurt me. We had her at the Cabbage Town Festival back when festivals were a thing. And we were walking and Sean was taking her to pee because we'd been sitting on a patio and he was just like taking her around the corner to go pee. And the lady was like, that dog's scary looking. I don't like that dog. Like to Sean. And he was like, she's not even like, she's literally just like healing beside me. Like she's not even looking at you. Like she's just focused on going pee. But it's like things like that all the time. And like Layla, we worked really, really, really hard on socializing her um, because we knew that she was, once we figured out how big she was going to yet yeah um, our vet originally actually said that she was probably gonna be like 140 pounds so we were like fuck <laughs> we're in for a ride sean did not get his 50 pound dog we hired a trainer right away and we're like really working on socializing her because i didn't want to have a big dog that a i couldn't handle and b wasn't friendly so i think a big part of like her personality and her temperament comes from because she lived on the street with someone who let her be approached by people all day which is amazing but like I had her on the subway when we were doing training one day and I had her sitting at my feet and a man came and sat like directly across from me and was like how strong's her jaw and I was like pardon like that was all he said to me and I was like I'm sorry what he's like how strong's your jaw I'm like I don't know like I haven't tested it like why would I do that <laughs> I was like jaw's as strong as any other dog what do you mean he was like well that's a pit bull isn't it definitely not and also that's not a real like pit bulls don't have stronger jaws than any other dog having a bully I get a lot of dirty looks a lot of like people like pulling their kid away and like Layla walks around in a hot pink coat. She has a raincoat. She wears a scarf. Like she couldn't look less threatening. Yeah. But because she has a big boxy head and short fur, people assume that she's a threat, which is really sad because the umbrella term of like bullies, I think it gets a lot of negative perception. And a lot of people think really negatively of dogs that kind of fall under this boxy head, strong looking, like muscly dog breed umbrella. And it's really unfair because like anything, you can't just like make a sweeping assumption and assume that a dog is bad or or aggressive or mean or dangerous just because of how they look. Bully breeds can be used to describe a million different dogs. Mastiffs are one of them, like pit bull terriers, what are they called bull terriers, um, staffies, but they all come from like an ancient dog breed called Molossers, um, which were historically like Roman war dogs, like in ancient Rome, which is pretty cool. I was going to say, of course, the Italians brought this dog to us. Yeah. <laughs> um, like whenever I like think about this, I like picture like Layla like prancing into battle in her little <laughs> her little like armor. Molossers were used to guard. They were used to be taken into war. They were used for bull baiting, which is like a really gross blood sport that is outlawed. But they all had like 
a big boxy head, a short muzzle. They look big bone, like they look like super thick, barrel chested dogs and like thick wrinkly skin that an animal can grab onto, but it, it won't actually hurt them. Like if I grab like Layla's skin, like I can like peel it off. Like yeah. there's a lot of, it's pretty gross. But like those are just kind of the the traits that these dogs historically had. And as dogs have evolved, it comes down into all of these different dog breeds now. Pit bulls are usually what's most associated with bully breeds. But like a boxer is a bully. Boston Terriers are considered to be bully breeds. Bulldog, Frenchies, I think technically fall under the bully breed. They've got like the little short nose, but it's crazy. And like, because this umbrella term describes so many things and like a mixed breed dog that has 98% mutt could look a bully and can be penalized for that. Breed specific le- legislation in Ontario is really awful. It's really sad that bully probably comes from the term bull baiting. Um, that's probably like how that has been passed down, but it's just because they were used in blood sports 400 years ago doesn't make them aggressive now. So when we adopted Layla and we realized that she had, that she looked like a pit bull, because especially when she was a puppy, because she was still pretty like small and people would just be like, oh, I can't believe you have a pit bull. My mom was all upset that we adopted a pit bull. Oh, yeah. Um, a, she's not a pit bull. And B, like she's very sweet. And it's just all of these like negative conceptions and things that people think about these dogs is so unrealistic. And like working and rescue I have to say the only dogs that have ever bitten me like I've been bitten quite a few times and they've all been chihuahuas well I was gonna say like I mean even looking at boss like boss is a dog with a bite history and he is not someone who somebody on the street would think that way and again quite the opposite people approach us and he's a dog who needs a bit more space and can react suddenly when he's sick he gets right back into that zone and gets back to nipping because he wants you know he wants to be like left alone you never know um and like you said in rescue we deal with dogs with all sorts of life circumstances that might also lead to behaviors that are have nothing to do with their breed but all to do with their history and how they were treated by humans yeah absolutely and that's a big thing that anti-bsl advocates and bully breed advocates say is that it's not a dog's breed or the way that they look that makes them aggressive it's socialization it's the training um it's poor breeding it's choosing not to spay and neuter your pets things like that are what contributes to dog bites and like nine out of ten times like i'm in the rescue that we're with now i do a lot of the surrender stuff and i i look at a lot of surrender requests we get and a lot of the dogs that come into rescue that have bite histories are almost always not neutered yes things like this and not socializing your dog contributes so much into their, them being a bite risk and not advocating for your dog and not giving them the safety that they need where they find that they have to react with their mouths. And like Layla, when she was a puppy, she was nippy and chewy and she was teething. And also she was yeah. a bully and pushed us around and was super dominant. But like she never bit me, bit me, bit me. Nipped, ripped a lot of holes in a lot of pan. Um, I mean, it's just, it's crazy that because of the way that she looks, all it takes is just like her to have one bad reaction or like one dog to come at her on the street and her react in defense. And she's probably the one that will end up in at animal services. 
And it's really, really sad because so many dogs end up that way. There's been a lot of pretty public cases in Vaughn recently where Vaughn Animal Services has been picking up dogs that like identify the pit bull look. Even like a cane corso, they can say looks like a pit bull. Yeah. So there's been quite a few cases where they've ended up in animal control and they, they won't surrender them to their people. And they want a DNA test or a legal report from a vet saying that it's not a pit bull. But a pit bull's like not really a breed. Like there's the American pit bull terrier and there's a Staffordshire Terrier and Bull Terriers, but they look different because they've got weird noses. But like, there's not really any way to prove that. It's pretty crazy that so many dogs are persecuted just because of the way that they look. And I lived in Ottawa for a long time. And in Ottawa, like they have breed specific legislation, but it's not the same as here because in Ottawa, everyone has a pit bull and it's like not a big deal. And you can walk around and say like, oh, this is my pit bull. And nobody really bats an eye. But here, like people, like if they think that they might have a staffy or like, I remember we met a couple of the dog park once and they were like, don't tell anybody, but we think that she might be a staffy. And I was like, I don't care. Like, I'm not going to report it. And they're like, we're just like terrified that someone will overhear us and report our dog and have our dog put down. Wow. I think that is like, why do you think that's specifically here in Southern Ontario? I think that a lot of the cases, so in 2005, when the BSL was like put through legislation, there was a lot of high profile cases that had happened where there had been dog attack. And I think that they all happened in southern Ontario. Also, I mean, Ottawa is like right on the Quebec border. Like yeah. Quebec doesn't have BSL. So I think that probably also contributes. But yep. yeah, definitely. I think the cases that had happened in 2005, the MPP who had put it forward was also like an MPP from Southern Ontario. So I think it was just like a media frenzy. And it's funny because when I was a kid, the dog that was considered dangerous and nobody wanted to be around was Rottweilers. Yeah. And when my mom was a kid, it was German Shepherds. So it's like a breed of dog that is considered to be dangerous and like has all of these unrealistic expectations and people are afraid of them, but that dog changes. BSL people are working really hard and it's really amazing to see all the work that they're putting into raising awareness but it's sad that since 2005 they say like thousands of dogs have been euthanized in Ontario just because of the way that they look and it's sad because like a lab technically like a lab mix looks like a pit bull because they have the same boxy head I don't know if you saw the PSA going around and it was an embark DNA example of the dog had come out that they did his DNA they thought it was like a Maltese and it was a pit bull mm-hmm American pit bull terrier and like that dog doesn't match the look yeah but based on the theory that a pit bull is like aggressive based on their breeding and like their genetics then that dog realistically would have been just as aggressive and just as dangerous but nobody would ever think that because it doesn't have the yeah the boxy head and the feral chest so it's really sad and I think that a lot of people think that like bullies are fighting dogs and they think that if you have a pit bull, then you're involved in like mm-hmm. nefarious things and you're a drug dealer or you're using dogs for fighting or, and it's just like, that is so not true. Any dog can be used as a fighting dog or a bait dog, which is awful. I'm really grateful that it's like not so much of a thing here. Um, like working in rescue. I don't know if I could handle. Yeah. Dealing dogs. with that a hundred percent. Yeah. Because they, they they just come to you mangled. So not really a thing here, but still really sad. It's really frustrating because these dogs have never, most of the time have never done anything wrong. Like mm-hmm. all they do exist and they have all of these unrealistic expectations and people are afraid to walk them. And, and like the jaw thing. So when that man said that to me on the TTC, I just remember being like, you heard one stupid news report saying that pit bulls lock their jaws, which is not true. And like, this is all that you can think of. And now every time you see a dog that fits that look, 
Like that's the first thing that you say, like not like cute dog or is your dog friendly? It's just like what, how strong is their jaw? Yeah, like they're automatically seeing Layla literally as a fighting dog, like you said, versus, yeah, exactly. you know, just a dog in a city area on the TVC, which is crazy. Like you said, yeah, and- there's no dogs fighting here. So yeah. why would you go to that conclusion? Yeah, and I'm sure that like people do dog fight here, um, but it's not nearly the same on the same yeah. level that it is in the States. But I mean, like the fact that that was his first instinct when he saw, and she was a little puppy, my puppy who's like sitting there politely waiting for her next tree in her pink sweater. It's crazy how the media has perpetuated these myths. And it's sad because dogs are like literally dying because of it. Really sweet, lovable dogs that could make people really happy and deserve to like live their lives out free of scrutiny. But yeah, it's sad. And it's funny, like whenever people say the lockjaw thing, like all I can think about is the fact that like I can pry her mouth open anytime, any day, no matter what, no matter what she's eating, I have no problem. I... I was dropping her off at daycare over the summer and some like dog walker was walking by and there was a bag of brownies like on the ground and the dog that she was walking it was like a poodle or something like stood up and she was like oh my god oh my god like freaking out and I was like do you need help like do you need to pry the dog's mouth open and she was like I don't know how and I did and I was and as I was doing it I was like oh my god this dog's like mouth is way stronger and I was like man if you were a pit bull people would be thinking that you were gonna kill me but no you are a poodle poodle. I was gonna say last time I pried dog mouth open did not go well it was a Wheaton Terrier and it'd be pretty hard <laughs> yeah like any dog can give you a hard time exactly like- definitely yeah and any dog yeah. can be like temperamental and use their bite for something but if it is a dog in that category the consequences are beyond anything and that's Absolutely. the thing too like you know obviously there's dogs out there that need extensive training and need a lot of help and support to get out of their aggressive behaviors. But for the most part, most dogs bite because they just want people to back off and it can happen for a second. And I don't like, you know, again, I've been bitten by boss enough times, but like, you know, I'm always willing to put in that work and make sure he doesn't do it again. But I do that more for other people than for myself. Because every time I've, every time he's bitten me, I've understood why I've never felt like it was unreasonable or unexpected but if boss looked a different way then there would be a bunch of other reasons why I would really not want that to happen yeah for sure and I feel like like most dogs like if someone's lab bites the neighbor gets out and bites the neighbor in like a panic animal control is not going to pick that dog up and put it down whereas if your dog fits that pit bull description and something happens and it reacts out of a fear or it bites a dog at the dog park then you've got like a big problem on your hands and the law does not look kindly onto dogs that fit that description even though there's no way to prove that a dog is a pit bull or not yeah yeah Uh, it's based 100% based on looks and based on basically animal services too and what they think fits that description absolutely so and it's crazy like I don't even know how these cases ever stand up in court because legally like you really can't prove it I am always in like constant terror that Layla's gonna I mean, I don't think she would ever bite someone, but I mean, like, if she ever did, that would be it. People would be fighting us to get her put down. Because any, like you said, any dog can bite, any dog reacts in fear, shit happens, and that's how they communicate, that's how they say, leave me alone. But it's, some dogs pay with their lives when other dogs don't. And from the rescue perspective, too, do you find from the work you've done that people are hesitant to adopt dogs who fit that description? 
rescues won't even take dogs that look like pitbulls in. Yeah. Uh, so we like if we get an owner surrender, for example, from a dog that kind of matches that pitbull look or has any of the breeds listed as a mix, um, most rescues just say no, we can't take that dog. Um, there are really great organizations that actually fly them out of Ontario um, on like rescue flights. Um, I think they call them flights. I want to say flights for hope, but that might not be it. But they fly them out of provinces that have breed specific legislation so that they can have a shot at being adopted, which is amazing. But yeah, I mean, I think that the legal implications of taking in a dog that fits that description are huge. And every once in a while, a dog does kind of get through that looks like a bully. Um, like there's lots of organizations in the city that help get people or bully breeds adopted, which is incredible. But a lot of people have these preconceived notions of, well, that dog's a pit bull, so I don't want it. That dog's going to be dangerous. That dog won't be good with my kids, which is really unfortunate. And there's also this other really weird misconception about pit bulls um, that they were nanny dogs, which... I don't understand where that came from and I've done a ton of research on it, but they were never used like as babysitters. It's just, it's a really weird kind of flip side of the coin with the, that comes with ESL and, and people who advocate for against pit bulls. It's just like the thing. Yeah. Any dogs. And it's funny. I don't know. Do you remember the little rascals from when you were little? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Petey, he's a pit bull. Yeah. He was the American pit bull terrier. So maybe that's where it came from. It's odd and it's really like disconcerting. So it is interesting that at least in terms of the BSL law that it is just in Ontario, I'd be interested just to see too. Like you said, in Ottawa, the culture is really different around it. I believe in the States, there are also states that like specific states that have BSL laws, right? A lot of states have BSL in like specific cities. Mm. So Denver actually just overturned their BSL laws, which was incredible. But yeah, there's like places all over the world that have these legislations and and rules against owning pit bulls or having them in your rescue or having them adopted out. And a lot, like honestly, like it all just comes from ignorance. One of the most popular examples, well, not popular, but like examples of pit bulls in the media was Michael Vick and his dog fighting ring. Those dogs went through such a disgusting horror story. And so many of them were adopted out and lived long loving lives with families like some of them had kids I think out of all of the dogs that were rescued off that farm only like eight or nine of them had to be held back because they weren't fit for adoption and I think only one of them was euthanized for aggression which is insane because there was like over 100 dogs and they had gone through this yeah so I feel like people who think that pit bulls are dangerous really need to be looking at that case and understanding that a dogs are super resilient a dog's background or experience isn't going to make them inherently bad or dangerous it's just it's all of these external factors and if given like the proper support and um, socialization and training then almost all dogs can Mm-hmm. So in 2005, Ontario introduced that legislation to ban pit bulls and tighten the penalties for dangerous dog owners. And I feel like that part of the legislation is so important because there's so many different kinds of dangerous dog owners and it doesn't matter what kind of dog you have. It's yeah. Oh, that's the problem. Yeah. Sad because dogs absolutely pay for the mistakes of their crappy owners. So in terms of maybe those high profile cases that, you know, are making more news outlets, the families are speaking to media about their dogs being held by Vaughn Animal Services. Do you have hopes that things might be changing? What can people do to maybe advocate for eliminating BSL 
Bell laws in Ontario? So I, I think the tide is like absolutely turning. Unfortunately, I think with COVID, yeah. things have slowed down. But the Conservative Party, I hate them. I will just say that. But they were saying that they were going to re- um, reverse the ban. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So who knows now what's going to happen? Like, I'm sure that's not high up on their radar. Yeah. Um, but there's been a ton of rallies and um, protests and there's um, petitions going around. So things like that are something that is so easy for anybody to do. But I do have hope that the ban will be repealed um, in the next couple of years because it's it's not realistic. It's totally based on like misconceptions and looks and unrealistic shit. Yeah, it's just like kind of a matter. I feel like COVID's kind of thrown a wrench into everything. But in terms of like everyday people and getting involved, educating yourself is the most important thing. Learning about dog training and being a responsible dog owner yourself, finding ways to ensure that like your family and friends aren't contributing to the problem, making sure that you don't support backyard breeders and you don't support people who don't spay and neuter their pet. Um, things like that, I think, are really tangible ways to get involved um, because at the end of the day, any sort of dog bite, any sort of issue stems from bad dog ownership and not the other way around. There's so many like Instagram accounts and really incredible organizations. Um, there's the Ontario Coalition Against ESL on Instagram. They have like a website. They're a really incredible organization to follow and to learn kind of more of the reality of how harmful breed specific legislation is and how it harms dogs and how it hasn't contributed to lowering dog bites at all since the law was passed in 2005 dog bites have actually gone up yeah um, I believe that yeah and it's crazy because um there was a study done in 2018 in Ontario because people have been fighting pretty much since this legislation passed um, to have it repealed and in 2018 the CBC found that 13 out of 1400 in 29 dog bites were pit bulls mm. or dogs that look like pit bulls. All yeah. of the other bites were different dogs. I feel like definitely doing your research is good. So maybe I, I will include some resources in the show notes for people to look at. Have you seen that Amazon Prime movie Pitbull? I think it's a documentary. No, I haven't. Yeah, I've been meaning to watch it. So I was just wondering. No, but I'm going to add that to my list of things to watch. See, there's so many amazing yeah. resources for educating yourself about like the reality of breed-specific legislation and its harms and all of the misconceptions and learning that pit bulls are not dangerous and dogs that look like pit bulls are not always mean and vicious. Like there's been so many temperament tests done and studies done that prove that this is wrong. Like it's just a myth that's been debunked. But yeah, and I think just like getting to know dogs in your community, write your MPP and encourage them to repeal the ban for the love of God, mm-hmm. um, the Ontario Coalition um, for BSL, I'm pretty sure they have like a template that you literally just have to copy and paste. So if you go to endtheband.ca, they have this tool that helps you find your local rep. You can kind of email them about repealing the ban and what they're kind of putting forward instead of the ban, breed neutral re- legislation. So that treats all dogs equally and it's putting the responsibility on a dog owner because like we, like I said, any dog can bite, any dog can be dangerous, but it's going to crack the injustice of like targeting specific dogs based on their looks so easy to use it literally like you just like put your email in and your name and your postal code and it 
emails your MPP for you. Love it. And I don't know if it's the same. I know that I've been told for other petitions that if you add a little personal touch to the email templates, that always helps a whole bunch. Oh, that's actually very good to know. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, I know for BLM stuff, I always like will personalize it and write my personal, you know, experiences and things like that. And that helps because the people who answer these emails on behalf of MPPs also use response templates so yeah. if they've been sent a bunch of templates they're just gonna copy and paste they're not gonna read your email um yeah that is very true honestly every time i send an email for anything to an mpp i just send like an angry i don't even use the templates anymore I yeah i don't email. either angry rage message yeah i like so there's and when you go to the end of the band there's so many really incredible letters of support from like the toronto humane society um pet stores the vet association so yeah it's like there's a lot of different ways for you to get involved and to learn and it's just it's such an unfair ban and it all it does is hurt dogs mm -hmm. um, and being in rescue i know you've feel the same like I don't want a dog to suffer um, I don't want any living thing to suffer and it's just like dogs are so pure and sweet and they all they like they just give you like such unconditional love and for people to just be hating these dogs just based on like a stigma that they're dangerous is so unfair and it like it costs our government a lot of money to like yeah. places and like and it hurts a lot of individual people like those people yeah. who had their dogs taken away and they have no way of getting them back this is all in the middle of a pandemic as well so yeah. we all have other stresses we're dealing with and it targets low-income people yeah. as well lots of people have mixed breed dogs and people who have like are on the lower income spectrum don't always have the ability or the platform to be fighting these cases in court. So when their dog gets taken away, that's it. Yeah, so. 100%. I think maybe to add to what you said too, like, you know, educating your friends and family to have them further educate other people is great because it's it takes you meeting a dog to understand that they're not dangerous and get rid of those stereotypes. So Absolutely. definitely, you know, teaching your friends and family about where this law actually comes from and how it's not rooted in proof is enough to hopefully convince most people. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, when we adopted Layla, my mom is like super not a dog person and she's super not a dogs that are deemed to be aggressive person. And it's funny, like the way that she started like being like, oh my God, is Layla a pit bull? Is Layla a pit bull? To now, like she's like advocating for her with her friends and like telling her friends that they should be responsible pet owners. And it's like, it's so interesting to see how quick the pivot happens when they meet a dog that doesn't match that stereotype. I hope that in the next couple of years, we'll see that the ban has been lifted and working in rescue. I hope that we'll be able to save lots of bully mixes and, and get them into, into rescue and into foster care and get them trained and into their forever homes. Because it makes me really sad that we have so many rescue partners around the world and we can't bring the dogs up because mm -hmm. we don't get through the border. Yeah. yeah. And not to mention we obviously in Toronto we have such a huge amount of people who want dogs oh my god yeah so many Absolutely. and if we can bring one more dog and get them adopted why not right the Toronto Humane Society said that in one of their letters to support repealing the ban that pit bull type dogs so dogs that like look like a pit bull that have been through the most excruciating experiences and circumstances um can be rehabilitated over 95 percent of the time and yeah. that's dog fighting rings that have been rehabilitated with therapy dogs or 
canine dogs or family companions and like their original perceived behavior as with all dogs is almost always based on fear and not aggression there's going to be a lot more circumstances where these like sweet lovable dogs can be adopted out the like the media says that a pit bull type dog has a bite psi similar to a great white shark which is ridiculous and like that's, that's what the, yeah. the media reports that their psi has a that a great white shark's psi is 669 and they say a pit bull's 235 so it's like there's no way that that even like moderately relates but they say that like a pit bull can bite you as hard as a shark which is insanity but yeah it's just like the media perpetuates all these stupid myths there's no real dog called a pit bull except for the american pit bull terrier but like they just use that term to describe like 100 different types of dogs no dog is inherently a bad dog it's like 100 the owner pit bull type dogs don't actually have any more aggression or they're not any more likely to bite a person pit bull is not actually a breed it's just like a stupid umbrella term that describes dogs that have boxy heads and short little legs and barrel chests um and just like all bully breeds um, a lot of them are very sweet i have one myself she's love of my life she would not hurt a fly she literally like she has this stupid little squeaky toy um that like sounds like a dying chicken and she's like so disturbed every time she squeaks it because she thinks she's hurting a chicken and it's like it's just it's such a gross over exaggeration of animals um it's not fair that so many end up euthanized and it's awful but like all dogs have the potential to bite and a dog's behavior is 100 percent shaped by the owner and the environment if we're gonna have legislation around dogs and dog ownership it needs to be focused on the owner and not the dog owners have to be the ones that are held accountable for their dog's behavior and they need to be responsible owners and they need to get their dog neutered in spade and they need to be not participating in backyard breeding and training and properly socializing your dog because it's not it's not fair especially if you're choosing to have a dog in a city environment yeah absolutely and like being in rescue like we see so many dogs that are like neurotic because they're not being taken care of properly they're not getting the exercise that they need or the stimulation that they need and it's sad because the only thing the only person or living thing that suffers is the dog it like makes no difference to the person yeah it's sad and I mean I I think that with education and people having these conversations with their friends and their family can definitely change the public perception. The media has definitely um, kind of changed their tune, which is really helpful in getting that information out. And the media has been really supportive in repealing the ban in recent years, the CBC especially, um, which is fantastic because that's how people, especially older people, get a lot of their information. The more that we have these conversations and explain that dogs that fall under this bully breed umbrella like they're not aggressive they're not dangerous their jaws don't lock when they bite you they're not gonna attack you on the street they're just dogs and like any dog if they're abused or treated badly or not socialized and and not neutered or not spayed it can affect their behavior so having those conversations writing your mpp oh my god it's such an easy thing to do there's so many ways you can just like shoot off this easy letter and that way we can ensure that the ban is repealed and and these dogs can come into rescue care and we can ensure that dogs aren't being euthanized in the city because they get out of someone's backyard and and someone calls and says it's an aggressive pit bull and and they get put down like it's not something that should be happening and it costs us a fortune as people who pay taxes to enforce psl and it's it doesn't work so there's so many other things that we could be focusing on within the dog community and and ensuring that we are supporting people who are fighting for the ban to be 
repealed. What are your plans for 2021 with Layla? If we can continue to go up to the cottage. Layla is very cute in a rustic setting, especially lounging on a deck. So we we went to two cottages this summer and she like had a great time. She learned how to swim, which was sweet. But I mean, other than that, no, she's too big to really bring anywhere. I really, 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 really want to go visit friends in Ottawa and bring her with me because all of my friends in Ottawa have dogs and a lot of them actually have pit bulls. And I just know that she would like have the best time with all of her doggy cousins. But it's just with COVID, it's so hard to know. In terms of training, so she is like behaviorally perfect for the most part, but we've been definitely slacking on her training since we've been home. I'm hoping that in 2021, we can like really perfect her recall and her heel. I know this sounds ridiculous, but I really want her to be like one of the, so like she's a working breed and so she's smart and she likes to train and she likes to work. But I want her to be like one of those dogs that can just like stop on a dime and then like run back to me and heal that I see all of these cool police dogs do yeah so that's like my goal we'll see if it happens but yeah just like kind of fine-tuning her behavioral stuff and I really want to get her canine good neighbor certified yeah what's that testing for so the canine good neighbor test is like the first step in getting your dog certified to be a therapy dog amazing so they have to pass it's like it's pretty basic stuff that most people who train their dogs their dog would be able to do but it's like can allow pets by a stranger and can like walk past dogs or people on this on the street without noticing them like being focused on their handler being friendly being submissive like stuff like that which she would totally pass it's just a matter of being able to do the test I also signed her up to be in the canine education center at UT yeah uh, where they like use your dog in a study wanted to inject your dog with weird shits yeah Yeah, I mean, in terms of 2021, I just honestly, I'm like, this sounds ridiculous, but she's like starting to get a gray spot on her cheek of like gray fur. And now I'm panicking that she's like older than we thought she was and that she's dying because that's like a very rational thought to have. (laughs) And so I'm just like, I just want to spend all of my time with you all of the time, just in case. I mean, you actually had her as a puppy. So I think you're pretty good, right? Yeah, she and like she's tripled in size since we had her. Yeah, definitely was just a little wee baby. And I remember her teeth falling out and then being stuck in my arm (laughs) honestly she was so bad when she came home like yeah just a terror and I remember saying to Christine we worked with Christina and I remember her being like well she's a bully like what did you think was gonna happen and I was like oh that's what they mean by bully (laughs) like she's literally bullying me Christina like walked into her house for the first time and I was like yeah like she's super submissive but she just like she's being really bad and mean to me and she was like why is she sitting on your feet and I was like I don't know she just likes to sit on my feet and she was like she's dominating you you idiot and she's like and you just let her and I was like oh faucets on my feet too it's so cute I know it's so cute but apparently you're not supposed to let them if your dog's a bossy little asshole like mine was <laughs> I was like what do you mean she can't sit on my feet I'm hoping that she can pass her canine good neighbor and and be yeah definitely I think that sounds like something she can handle definitely and I just think she would be like so cute in a little courtroom oh yeah little sweater but I I like volunteer with Toronto Victim Services as a crisis counselor and they have dogs that go to court and my dog's much better behaved and much cuter so you know (laughs) the standards then (laughs) yeah So we have like a golden retriever. I'm just like, mm, Layla could do that and do it cuter. Do it better. So can't wait to see her on Judge Judy one day. Can you imagine her little glasses? <laughs> Dead. It's time for the speed round. For our speed round, our dog mom will answer 
questions as quick as they can about their dog. Let's go. Shy or outgoing? Super outgoing. Games or treat? Oh, probably games. She loves a good snack, but she like also really loves tug of war. Mm -hmm. So probably I would say games. Collar, harness, or other? Collar. Martingale, always. Dog bed or human bed? Human bed. Squeakers or balls? Oh, squeakers. But like only in the amount of time that it takes her to like kill it and remove yeah. the squeaker. And then she's not interested anymore. Nice. Yeah. Boss does that in seconds. People or dogs? Oh, definitely dogs. Yeah. Summer or winter? Summer. Walks or cuddles? Cuddles. Early walks or sleep in? Sleep in. She like sleeps until one o'clock in the afternoon some days. That's insane. <laughs> Just like comatose. And like I get up and do my day and she's just like sleeping in the bed. And she doesn't need to go to the bathroom. She's like, nope. I guess she must have a humongous bladder and it's fine. Yeah, legit. She like holds her pee for like 12 hours sometimes just because she's sleeping. And I'm like, this can't be good for you. But I don't <laughs> want to wake you up because you're cute. <laughs> Guard dog or greeter? Greeter. She's only ever been like guard doggy twice. Like in the summer, we were sitting outside in the dark <laughs> waiting for pizza to be delivered. And I guess she saw the delivery guy before we did and our like sensor lights didn't turn on. And she was like, oh my God, attack. Um, <laughs> and that's the only time she's ever like barked or guarded when people have come over. And it was very, it like scared me. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, where did that come from? Yeah. And like a big dog like lunging at the fence. I was like, oh God, help us. Yeah, definitely a greeter. 98% of the time. Yeah. Big dogs or little dogs? Big dogs. I actually like kind of hate little dogs. I know that's mean. They scare me. What about Layla? Like when she's playing or like meeting dogs? Oh, little dogs. She loves little dogs. That's so funny. She thinks she's little. She doesn't know that she's big. Bacon or peanut butter? Always bacon. Tricks or stairs? Tricks, but Layla's like 100% a secondary processor. Like it takes her a minute to like understand what we asked her to do. We have a friend who has a golden retriever service dog and you ask this dog to sit and he like prances. Yeah, yeah. Position. And I'm just like, Layla like literally stares at me for a second being like, what? What are you did asking? she say? <laughs> like, I don't listen to you before she sits and she, it's like the slowest, most passive aggressive sit. Amazing. Um, but yeah, I guess like tricks. She does do them eventually. Squirrel chaser or scent follower? Scent follower for sure. Goes with her nose. Yeah, she's not very interested in squirrels, thankfully. Yeah. Costumes or naked? Naked. She likes to be naked. Squat or lift? Squat. Mama's girl or daddy's girl? Oh, she's 100% a mama's girl. Good. If she would disappear into the middle of the night, she wouldn't even notice. Oh. <laughs> she doesn't care. That's it. Those are the questions. Oh, this was so fun. Thanks for having me. This was really nice. Oh. Thank you for being on the Rescue Dog Moms podcast. This was really Thanks awesome. For Thanks for like I'll doing research and educating us. Like I love that. And thank you. If you want me to be on another podcast, I'm your gal. This is my favorite activity. Love it. Have a good one. Love you bye. Yeah. Rescue Dog Moms is a project by Yamini, inspired by her rescue boss who you can find on Instagram at the pup boss to keep up with the rescue dog moms podcast. You can follow us at rescue or on Instagram at rescue dog moms pod. See you next week. Ah, ah.